We express our gratitude to Allah for His immense favors over us, the favor of faith and Iman, and the ability to carry out good deeds, which are from among the most choicest of Allah Taala's favors over us. And we ask Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala to grant us steadfastness, continuity, and acceptance. The topic for today that we will discuss in the time that we have is how to become a good human being. And the topic itself is self-explanatory. And some of us may feel that is there a need to discuss such a topic because I am blessed with faith, with Iman, I'm a believer and in general I do things the right way. So is there a need for us to become good human beings? And the answer to that is 
yes, there is every need for every person to become a better version of himself on an ongoing basis. Allah wa ta'ala in the Quran al-Kareem refers to this aspect of humanness, of insaniyat. لَقَدْ خَلَقْنَا الْإِنسَانَ فِي أَحْسَنِ تَقْوِيمِ That most certainly we have created insan in the best of stature, in the best of morals. He is the best of creation. And Allah wa ta'ala has also revealed an entire chapter, which one of the names of that chapter, the more popular and common name is Surah Ad-Dahr, but it is also known as Surah Al-Insan, the chapter of mankind or of chapter of humanity. And the reality of the matter is that in the age that we find ourselves, in the environment that we find ourselves today, we find that there is a loss of humanness. We are beings, but are we truly representative of the mantle of human beings? And there is a great need for us to rediscover ourselves, to find what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala truly desires from us as human beings. And of course, the point of reference for the guidance of humanity is always the Quran al-Kareem and the Sunnah and the Seerah of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam. And for that we refer to the greatest of all human beings, our leader, our master, the coolness of our eyes, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam. That the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam came to a community who had debased itself to a position of ignorance and behavior that was lower than animals. But through his humanity and through the guidance, the divine guidance of the Quran al-Kareem, the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam was able to very quickly transform people who did not want to be with him, who did not want to accept him, but through the display of the true characteristics of a human being, the Messenger of Allah وسلم, made this community into his most ardent followers. So there is a verse in the Quran Al-Kareem which encapsulates what a human being or who, how a human being should conduct himself and what a true human being really is. And this ayah appears in Surah Al-A'raf Verse number 199, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, خُذِ الْعَفْوَ وَأْمُرْ بِالْعُرْفِ وَأَعْرِدْ عَنِ الْجَاهِلِينَ Three concise statements, three sentences encapsulates what a human being is all about. To translate this very simply, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, خُذِ الْعَفْوَ Take to pardon, take to patience and forbearance, adopt the quality of humility. وَأْمُرْ بِالْعُرْفِ And... Instruct and guide people towards goodness, towards good deeds, towards virtue. And turn away from those who are ignorant and those who behave in an immoral manner. Allama Kurtupi rahmatullah alayhi, the great the mufassir and commentator of the Quran al-Karim says, لَيْسَ فِي الْقُرْآنِ آيَةً there is no verse in the Quran Al-Kareem that is more comprehensive and all-encompassing in terms of the makarime akhlaq, the pedestal of high character, of moral excellence of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam than this ayah in the Quran Al-Kareem. Another commentator of the Quran Al-Kareem, Mufti Muhammad Shafi rahimahullah, who has authored the very uh, widely read Tafsir, which is known as Ma'arif al-Quran, which has been very succinctly translated by his illustrious son also, Mufti Muhammad Taqi Uthmani, Dhamma Tabarakatu. And it is 
a treasure trove, a trove of treasure that we should keep with us on our shelves and we should keep with us on our head side and make reference to the pearls and the gems and the wisdom of the Quran al-Kareem through these very fine works of our great scholars of Islam. He says regarding this particular ayah that this ayah is the manifesto, oral excellence for humanity. One simple verse with three sentences becomes the entire manifesto for humankind till the last day. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us that ability, the understanding, the eagerness to study the Quran al-Kareem with zeal and with purpose. So let us ask ourselves that what is so deep and what's so comprehensive and how is it that this verse encapsulates everything that we should know about our behavior, about ourselves, about humanity. The first part of the verse, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, and this is an injunction to the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wasallam in the toxic environment of Makkatul Mukarrama, where he is a single person and he has this mission of lighting the candle of guidance for the entire humanity. And how will you, O Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wasallam, conduct yourself? What approach will you take? How will you navigate this very difficult and turbulent mission? of transforming the Meccan people. So the first injunction and the first strategy and the first ability that you need to develop is Khudil Af. Take to pardon. Learn the art of forgiveness. Be someone who can overlook easily. Develop patience. Become competent in your forbearance and develop resilience. Endure what you are going to face. Because if you do not possess this very important ability to forgive, to overlook, to pardon, then you are not going to be effective in what you are trying to achieve. And the overall word or quality or trait that can explain all of this is to adopt humility. Exude humility. As a Jibreel salam, when this ayah was revealed, Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi wa sallam, asks Jibreel alayhi salam, what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mean with these words? What is the import of this verse? Jibreel alayhi salam replies, forgive the one who hurts you, give to the one who withholds from you, and be good to the one who is trying to harm you. Such a deep philosophy of humanity, of who we should be, and we can assess our own character and behavior in the light of the ayah and the explanation, that what is our response, what is our reaction, and what is our people who come across to us in a manner that is undesirable. So the critical thing to understand as far as this part of this verse is concerned, is that in relationships, we do not deal with people in the way that people deal with us. It is common human behavior that if someone greets me, I will greet him. If he doesn't greet me, why should I greet him? If you visit, I will visit. If you don't visit, I won't visit. And in that way, we can continue with all aspects of our social behavior. But this is not what is desired. The way that we should position ourselves in our relationships with others is premised on our relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We behave and conduct ourselves in the manner that people are behaving with us. It means that we are behaving in a mindless manner. We are not thinking. It is a knee-jerk reaction. We are reacting. And further to that, we are allowing another person to control the way that I behave. And that is not the sign of intelligence. We should never allow 
the behavior of another person to determine the way that I behave or I respond. So that's one aspect of this verse. The other aspect to understand is that every person is wired differently. We know the science of genetics and just as we are outwardly different from each other, even more complex and diverse is our inner existence. So when we are conducting ourselves with people, when we are in relationships and responding, we got to understand that everyone is not going to agree with me. Not everyone is going to like me. And not every person is going to do things the way that I do things. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has in His great wisdom created this diversity so that we will be able to find cohesion with each other, relate with each other, and understand each other, and tolerate each other. It is understood that most failures in life are not competency failures. Rather, they are, comp- they are not, uh, not competency failures, but rather they are character failures. And we can understand it when we have, see our society and the way that people behave. And perhaps to start with ourselves, the way that we behave. person will have the knowledge, he'll have the competence, he has the intellect. He has the mind. But what is the point of failure? It is a character failure. So therefore, we find that this is where the area of improvement is required. That in Islam, we are taught to find a way of finding other people. To have the humility to be able to forgive other people, pardon other people. To respond in a way that a person takes the higher moral ground. And not be reactive, not be emotional. One of our biggest are two E's. Easy to remember. The two E's, ego and emotion. A lot of our troubles is about ego and our emotions. And when we conduct ourselves, when we behave with ego and emotion, then we find the type of conflict, acrimony, disharmony, division, disunity that we find that we are experiencing today. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us and guide us. The other thing to understand is the aspect of compatibility in marriages. In relationships, we hear this quite often. We are not compatible, we can't get along. Or we're no longer compatible. We were compatible and we're no longer compatible. So remember that success of a relationship has less to do with compatibility than it has to do with the way that I deal with incompatibility. In the past, we never had the breakdowns that we are having today in relationships, in marriages, in homes, in families. What was it? It was not that everyone were very compatible in that time and era and now everything has changed, we're all incompatible. There were great incompatibilities in the past, in marriages and in homes and in families and in community. But they were groomed, the tarbiyah, the upbringing was given to be able to deal with incompatibility in a better way and by taking the higher moral ground and understanding each other. And this is what this ayah is giving us this very valuable lesson. Develop this ability of living and letting live, of forgiveness, of humility, taking the higher moral ground. Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has taught us, the person who forgives will be given honor. The person who will forgive is never a loser. Forgive. Allah Ta'ala will forgive you. And if we can secure forgiveness for ourselves by letting something go, then isn't that a great achievement? If Allah says, I will forgive you because you forgave that person, what have we lost by forgiving a person? So therefore, let us be people who are forgiving and take to pardon and let us develop the ability to be humble.
Everyone is looking for elevation. Become a humble person. And Allah Ta'ala will elevate you. The second aspect of this verse, وَأْمُرْ بِالْعُرْفِ We are speaking about the manifesto of moral excellence. The most comprehensive verse in the Quran Al-Kareem as far as human character is concerned. The second part, وَأْمُرْ بِالْعُرْفِ Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi is instructed to motivate people towards goodness and virtue. Guide people towards good a'mal, towards good behavior, towards good character, towards goodness and khair. When we look at the ayah of the Quran Al-Kareem, وَمَا خَلَقْتُ الْجِنَّ وَالْإِنسَ إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ Allah says, I have not created man and jinn, but for the purpose of worshipping me. What do we understand as worship? How do we define worship? Is worship limited to the masjid? Is it salah, fasting, hajj, zakah, the fundamentals, the pillars? Or does worship have a broader scope? If we look at salah, which is an obligation, it's a fundamental. How much of time in the 24-hour day do we, are we obligated to as far as salah is concerned? An hour with the nafil and sunnah, two hours. Two hours out of 24 hours is salah. What happens to the remainder 22 hours? What worship is a person doing in that time? Fasting in the month of Ramadan, 30 fast, one month of the year. What are we expected to do in the remaining 11 months? What worship is uh, required for that time? Hajj is once in a lifetime. What does a person do for the rest of his lifetime? So what we do understand that these fundamentals and pillars are there to teach us the disciplines that we require when we are out of ihram, when we are out of the masjid. We are not in the direct mode of worship, kindness, compassion, forgiveness, humility, being the better person, speaking gently, taking to reason. All of these things are what the person does for the rest of the day, for the rest of the year and for the rest of his life. When he's not in the ibadah mode. So therefore, when Nabi Karim Sallallahu is instructed with calling people towards virtue, it is a broad scope of actions which include the interaction, the transacting, and the character and the akhlaq of a person. And then, when we look at the injunction itself, that be a person who calls people towards good, there has to be the good for us to be Asked to call people towards good. And this is what the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam teaches us. Annasu ma'adin. People are like the mines of silver and gold. Every person has great potential. And our responsibility is to be able to unearth the potential in the next person. And how will that happen? It will not happen by looking at his faults. It will not happen by degrading that person. And it will not happen by treating that person badly. The way we will be able to influence another person, inspire another person, is if we look at his potential and his positives. And that is what the Quran Al-Kareem is teaching us. That what you see in a person is what you are looking for in him. If you're looking for faults, you will find faults. Because no one is free from faults. If you're looking for weaknesses, if you're looking for decisions, deficiencies, you will find all of that in every person. But if you're looking for potential and you're looking for competence, then you will find it in every mahadi. People have gold in them. It needs to be unearthed. The value of gold is only realized when it is mined, when it is taken out of the ground. The diamond only when it is shined and polished, then it now becomes a stone of value. So people have this ability. People are precious. People have value in them. Find that value. And if everyone takes this approach to the next person, to his brother, to his family, to his spouse, to this, our siblings, then we will become people 
who are influential in the right sense. We will be able to inspire and motivate. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guide us towards this. And thirdly, the ayah says, O Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, you are in the sea of humanity, you are operating in a very difficult terrain and environment, you are going to get a lot of criticism. Doesn't mean you're the Messenger of Allah, you are the best of Allah Ta'ala's creation, you are going to be immune to criticism. You will get the nitpickers, the fault finders, the defamers, all of that will be there. And as much as this injunction and this advice is for Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, it is for each person that threads the path of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam till the day of Qiyamah. What do you do in that instance? Do we descend to the moral low ground and take to vulgarity? Or does a person take a high moral ground and takes responsibility for his words and actions? There are two things here. When a person is challenged, when a person is angered, then instead of reacting, we are called upon to respond. When a person reacts, it's impulsive, it's knee-jerk. We say things that we regret. We do things we sh ourselves would never have done if we had a second chance. Or say, but when a person is in a state of emotion, ego and emotion, state of anger, then a person is able to lose his mind and do and say those things that are completely irresponsible and unbecoming. Therefore, as far as anger is concerned, it is said that a person who angers you, conquers you. Therefore, we should not express and give vent to anger. Rather, we should explain our anger. You are not obliged to respond to every battle that you are invited to. This is the problem on social media today. Everyone wants to say something. We all are in a reactive mode. And everybody, social media has made everybody an academic. It has made everybody a scholar. It has given everybody a voice, which was never the case in the past. So therefore, as Muslims, we have the principles, we have, these are the, you know, in, in, in modern times, what do we, do we call these things? They speak about it in, in very glamorous terms, emotional intelligence. These are the soft skills of character. And these things are packaged very nicely for us. But in reality, these are the very core teachings of the Quran al-Kareem and the Sunnah of Rasul. So we have the source. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us from people who develop these abilities and these qualities. The Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam called upon us. Al-Muslimu man salim al-Muslimuna min lisanihi wa yadi. A believer is one who conducts himself with utmost responsibility and decorum as far as his tongue, his words are concerned and his hands and his actions are concerned. Al-Mu'minu ma'lafun. A believer is a bearer of love and compassion of gentleness, of goodness. And when these qualities will be developed and they will be entrenched within us and we begin to display these qualities, then the very same effect that had taken place in Madinatul Munawwara, when people saw the behavior of the Muslims and the conduct and the goodness and the generosity, then the floodgates of Islam then open. People come into Islam in droves. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us from among those peoples and that community that are able to display such a high level of moral conduct and excellence that people without us even saying any words, they are able to be driven towards Islam. May Allah wa grant all of us the hidayah and tawfiq wa akhiru da'wana.